ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. David Spears is the host of Insiders and Samantha Maiden is the national political editor for news.com.au. Hi to both of you. Good morning, morning. PK. Ooh, big week, right? I mean, quite a bit's happened. David, um, the debate on Labor's changes to the Stage 3 tax cuts was expected to dominate this week. Sort of did and sort of didn't. The opposition caved pretty early, didn't they? Yeah, I think it did dominate. And yes, the coalition did have to uh, capitulate on this. And, and that, you know, that gave Anthony Albanese plenty of pep uh, in Parliament. <laughs> His mojo back, you saw that confidence oozing uh, in question time. Uh, he had plenty of one-liners and, and so on. And look, all the polls are showing people like the way this tax change has been reworked, more for those on lower and middle incomes, less for those at the top. And that confidence is really given... Uh, given the government, given Labor, um, uh, you know that um, that mojo in Parliament. Look, longer-term coalition MPs reckon people will pocket and forget the tax cuts, but remember the broken promise. They think Anthony Albanese's still done irreparable damage to himself down the track. We'll see. We also know longer term this week that um, there will be an election debate over tax because Peter Dutton says he remains committed to the principles of Stage Three, and he'll take significant tax change to the election in line with those principles. Um, I think Labor might be quietly praying he does because uh, I think they would relish another debate along the lines that we've seen this week. Sam, the opposition are promising, as David says, uh, tax will be on the agenda. Uh, Where does that take us? Well, it takes us to an election that will be fought in part by the sound of it on tax, unless, of course, the government turns around and tries to match the coalition. And given what they've said, uh, you know, about the stage three tax cuts and given what they've done, it's hard to see that happening, although they might offer something a little bit more generous to higher income earners. So I think that it sets the stage uh, for us to have you know, more income tax uh, cuts at the next election uh, and also a wider debate about other measures. So we've seen this phenomena in the parliament over the last week where the coalition has tried to goad and ask questions of the Labor Party on negative gearing, for example. And the Prime Minister has mocked that and said that we're in the twilight zone, but he hasn't actually said at any stage we're not going to do anything. And we've also seen uh, the Prime Minister quoting from Liberal MPs, uh, including backbenchers who've come out and suggested that they think we should have a debate about negative gearing. So he's almost taunting the coalition and saying there are some people in your ranks that are interested in this idea. And, of course, Mm -hmm. this week we also saw Dominic Perrottet come out and call for a debate on this issue. So I don't think the negative gearing issue is going away anytime soon. The Greens uh, have been out talking about the Prime Minister's um, property holdings and I think this is a debate that is going to continue. I think, yeah, and just quickly on that, it, I think it's been a fascinating development uh, as a sideline issue this week, negative gearing. It's sort of since the Bill Shorten 2019 campaign been been a bit like Voldemort, right? You can't, you can't speak the name negative gearing. But this week <clears throat> you just get the sense... Uh, that certainly the Greens, some crossbenchers, the likes of Dominic Perrottet, I understand we'll see some polls in the coming days as well. What do people now think of negative gearing? Has it has the sentiment changed since 2019, given more and more people are struggling to get into the housing market? I just think this is one to earmark, one to, one to watch. Now, Sam, the government has also reached a deal to pass the second tranche of its industrial relations legislation, but there's a bit of argy-bargy about changes that already have to be made. Yeah, there's a bit of argy-bargy about the uh, the right to disconnect and we've seen, you know, Basil... 
What's his last name over in Perth? Basil. Zimpalis. Zimpalis. Weighing in the Lord Mayor over there. What's over he the, said? Well, he's basically been saying that this is not the way forward for us as a nation, which led to an outburst of wags, raconteurs on Twitter suggesting that they were going to call Basil at 2am in the morning. But, like, I mean, Goodness. I think that there's a lot of people, and I confess on national radio I am one of them, that I love it when people call me after hours. I love a late-night WhatsApp. I love someone telling me something crazy at 10pm. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic, right? So I am one of those weirdos that don't understand why everyone's so strange about this, but I'm a journalist. You're also and I get a weirdo, it. that's right, where, whose career depends on it. I'm a massive weirdo. It. And if some prime minister, for example, or, or, or liberal leader or treasurer or whatever... WhatsApps me at 10.30, it makes my week. I love it sick. Look, me too, but it's also uh, kind of in my agreement, David, um, that, that that's part of my deal. Uh, habit for workers where it's not. Look, I, I suspect everyone listening to this PK gets contacted after hours. They might not love it sick as much as Sam. I'm not suggesting it's for everybody. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm just saying some people like it. It's part and parcel, I think, of um, you know how we live and work these days. I, I, I look. I suspect most of these t- most of these cases, if people have an issue, it is sorted out at the workplace level. Um, whether we need a law to, um, to uh, I guess, control this. The Greens obviously thought think we do, and, and now the government and the crossbench have agreed to put it in law. Um, the legislation that passed late yesterday, just to get technical for a minute here, PK, it, it basically means if, if you're not happy with the contact you're getting, you go to the Fair Work Commission, they can issue an order, tell the employer to stop. If the employer ignores that order, a court can then issue a fine and a criminal penalty. Now, that's what passed through the Senate. The government says it now wants to unwind. It, it doesn't like the criminal penalty part of this tried to take it out. It all got a bit confusing. So they're going to try and fix that. But, um, yeah, I, look, I, I... The other thing I thought was weird was, did you hear that bit in Parliament where Tony Burke was saying, and, you know, in the absence of these laws, this truck driver had to take so many meth, so much methamphetamine that he had to drink 19 stubbies. And I was like, What? <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Yeah, that mm. was not about the right to disconnect. There's a broader sure. laws, right? But either way, uh, I think I think there's going to have to be some shit change late, like uh, change to legislation already because the laws were rushed through. David, as yeah, that's the bit about the criminal penalty that that, that shouldn't be too hard to fix. And these um, these laws don't take effect for six months, so they've got a bit of time to tweak that and fix that up. But look, big picture, they've got another big tranche of IR reforms through. They've done far more on uh, workplace reform than I think anyone was expecting at election time. Unions are thrilled um, and business are not. They're alarmed at what they say is going to be a dead weight on the economy. might take some time to feel it, but they reckon this will hurt productivity further. Okay. Now, David, Penny Wong was on 7.30 last night. She's been in talks with UNRWA about restoring funding and that is the Mm. UN agency that gives aid to Palestinians for those who, who aren't across it. How close is Australia to restoring the funding? Look, I don't know. It's sort of all the hints have been from Penny Wong for about a week now that she's pretty keen. And, and again, last night, stressing um, the important role that UNRWA plays. Uh, there's no other agency that can do what it does in delivering aid and relief in uh, in Gaza. Look, I thought it was an interesting back and forth. She hasn't necessarily seen all of the intelligence um, behind these 
claims, but she makes the valid point. I think that UNRWA itself is taking this very seriously. It's sacked about nine staff over this. So uh, it doesn't appear to be in, in too much question um, that there's an issue there. Um, but how you resolve this, how Australia and other countries that have done the same can be satisfied that there are no longer concerns about links between UNRWA staff and Hamas and that funding can be restored. I, I, look, I don't know, but the, the funding, UNRWA says, is only there till the end of February, early March, so it needs to be sorted out um, quickly. Mm, and this issue generally also, uh, Israel and Australia's position on Israel did come up in the parliament today when the Greens uh, tried to uh, raise the issue in the parliament. And Sam, I thought something the Prime Minister said yesterday was really interesting. He said never in his life has he seen what he's seeing across the, the community in terms of anti-Semitism. And he said, you know, he started saying never in his parliamentary life and then he said in his overall life. It was quite quite a statement. This has escalated in the parliament, hasn't it? I thought that the Prime Minister seemed quite emotional when he was saying that. Like, he, he seemed really distressed. And, you know, I don't blame him for being distressed because some of the things that are going on I haven't seen anything like that in my lifetime either and I actually find it quite disturbing. And, you know, over the last week we've had these stories emerge of people publishing, you know, leaked WhatsApp groups of Jewish people that were in some WhatsApp group. I, it's like, what? I mean, I just find it really strange and, uh, you know, I, I mean, we, do, we don't have time to get into the ins and outs of that group, but as I understand it, it's not like the group was set up to have a crack at people that are pro-Palestine. It's like there are some people who are in that group who were also perhaps involved in writing letters about Antoinette Latouf or other issues. And somehow they're all getting tarred and they're leaking all their social media. I mean, I just find it so disturbing. And it, it, it honestly, to God, it reminds me of those bloody royals during World War Two that decided they were into Adolf Hitler. Like, it is so disturbing to me yep. that people can't see that this is actually anti-Semitic. We are going to be discussing that actually with Josh Burns in the next hour. Thanks to both of you. And I know Angus Taylor is your guest, David. David Spears and Samantha Maiden. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.